Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in the safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, what's happening, man? Not too much, man. How, how's how's uh, phase two treating you? Um, well, remember last week uh, I was in the ring room. Remember yes, you I were. Was, was yes, exciting, exciting. Yeah, it was good to be back in the ring room. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I'm not. I'm back home today because the the bar at the ring room still isn't open yet. So I, okay. I figured I'd just help myself to my bar. Sure. And, the bar at uh, your house is open. Yeah, and my never closes. It never closes. You know, it's, it's always it's always last call at my house. <laughs> you know, so um, I'm back here, and uh, phase two, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it seems weird. Um, the the city doesn't. It, it seems like uh, 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 by the time this show comes, oh, let me ask you a question real quick. Who was our guest last week? Um, our guest last week was Casey Wayne McAllister. That's uh, right. I yes. could not remember for the life of me. That show's going to come out a couple of days. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I yeah, could yeah. not remember who the fuck it was. Right, right. No, he's, uh, he's, he was quite interesting. He had a lot of cool yeah, things to say. Yeah. He's really, really hard of a guy. I was too. trying to, I was talking to somebody and I was trying to remember who, who our guest was. And that's right. it. McAllister. Right, right. I should have yes. remembered that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been another exciting week here in, 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 in uh, New Orleans on planet Earth. Uh, uh, where uh, you know they're tearing down more monuments. There's uh, anarchy in the streets, which I love. <laughs> I love. Finally, well, I, have- I love the city of New Orleans is finally doing something. You know, okay. they're uh, they're crossing over to the uh, to the West Bank, mm-hmm. and um, and they're doing things over there, causing chaos over there. And uh, uh, it's crazy going nuts. We have uh, we had a weekend of murders, a lot of murders this weekend, and. They were looking at the numbers, and it just—it it was the same as last year. Even though people are still inside, the numbers were still the same. Huh, murder, okay. murder, murder. Yeah. So we're it, bouncing back fast. You know, we're people said it might, it might yeah. take a while, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But also, what's happening is there—you know—two weeks ago was a, a holiday weekend, and everyone thought they were fine, and now we're having spikes again in, in COVID uh, cases and COVID deaths, right. and. Um, you know, people just don't listen, you know, you know, they, they just don't listen. They think they're, you know, people just think they're better than other people. And that they're well, they not, think not they'll really be better. the exception. Yes. Yeah. They think they're going to be the exception, but, uh, you know, but that's not true. But what, what I find interesting, Renee, um, that's your name, right, Renee? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> last, last I checked. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I remember last time I saw you, I called you Hoi Paloi. I think that was your nickname then. <laughs> okay. Called, I've had so many. It's hard for me yeah, to remember which one we're going with. You, you know, about a year ago from this, uh, from this time, uh, uh, your name was Pistachio. Yes, Pistachio. Yes, that was yeah. one of them. Went yeah. through, uh, went through a, a number at that time. Yeah. That your new name is Hoi Paloi. That's okay. your name. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what that means, really. I, I yeah, 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 yeah. I, I used to know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, the, the country's going crazy. And, you know, I said this, what, one of my campaign promises last election was, you know, the whole controversy uh, when, when we had Mitch Landrieu as mayor was he was tearing down monuments. And, and I, I, I thought, well, why don't we just tear down every monument? 
no matter right? yeah. what side of the uh, the coin it's on, let's just tear down every every money. Because I remember one of the big issues last election was how we're going to get money to, for our police to protect the you know get rid of the crime and stop the murders and stuff. And I said, uh, let's tear down every monument and sell advertising. Because advertising, you can always sell advertising on a bus bench, on sure. a manhole, you know, on a billboard and all that. So they're, right. they're trying to do that now. The country is just tearing down monuments everywhere. Even around the world, they're, 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 they're uh, defacing monuments. They're putting crazy hats on Winston Churchill in London. Right. You know? But I, what I found crazy was... You know, a lot of this has to do with the Civil War, North versus South, uh, slave owners and murderers versus, you know, the North and stuff. But I didn't realize this. My wife brought this to my attention that there uh, in Denver, Colorado, there is a statue that represents the South. Hmm. And they were trying to tear it down. It was like a, a, a Robert E. Lee statue or something like that. Wow. And I'm, thinking about, I'm, I'm thinking I was a pretty good history student. Was Colorado even involved in the Civil War? Not that I recall. Yeah. So why do they have a statue of Lee? I don't know. Maybe you know some some uh, some some rebels moved out that way and wanted to uh, you know, I, you, keep, know keep, you know to like uh, establish a beachhead or something. Well, you think? Yeah, you know we got to expand, baby. Right. We, right. We, we just saw we just lost Atlanta. We're losing New Orleans. We got to get out and expand. That kind of thing. Yeah, um, you know, it'd be interesting. So I, I find it hilarious, but, uh, you know, it's been going on since day one. And uh, now the city uh, and, and other cities are trying to rename uh, streets and stuff like that. Sure. Did you hear about this? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, well, I find it funny because um, the, ultimate, uh, the ultimate symbol between uh, uh, the dep- oppression of the black people is white. And I live on White Street. Okay. You so, do, that's true. That's I true. live on White Street, so are they going to rename White, my street? Well, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it might be named after a guy. I don't know. we got to check into what his history was. I don't know. Well, my, my idea is, is just to get whoever lives on that one block of street, get together, those people who live on it, and just rename it what you want to rename it. And okay. I've already put it to my neighbors, and they're kind of into it, Chevrolet Street. Okay. All right. Manny, Manny Chevrolet Street may may uh, confuse mail delivery for till they catch up, but uh, you know I guess eventually well, it'll, it'll work its way through the, uh, the. They're pretty confused already, the mail people. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, sure. know, you know that kind of stuff. So uh, it's crazy going nuts. You know, uh, it, it is what it is. And I just heard today that their Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's they're they're going to get rid of that product. Sure, sure. Gonna, yes, gonna, some outdated icons. So uh, brings up a, a, you know, a, a bygone era that uh, you know. Is, uh, I, I can't believe they've lasted this long. Frankly, those 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 that kind of iconography, I always thought was uh, somewhat shocking that that was still in, in play. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy going nuts and uh, and even the Quaker to... Oats guy. You know, I mean, there's nothing racist about that, but he seems a little bit out of place himself. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he was like uh, he was like Captain Kangaroo uh, on acid or something. Like that. <laughs> kind of, yeah, he's yeah. kind of got that look. Yeah, he's got a look, a, a really stone. Captain Kangaroo, that's really stone. He's wearing that hat, and right. you know, there's, there's right. uh, oatmeal running through his teeth and stuff. His wooden, <laughs> his, his wooden teeth, wooden teeth. yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So, but uh, well, 
they're well, so, renaming. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just uh, I was I was changing topics. You got something else? Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm just to end it is just like you know this is uh, uh, I I've been seeing all this news. You know I watch a lot of the TV, and uh, I'm sure people have said this forever. Uh, you know we've got uh, the White House. So why don't we rename that? Should we have to? Is it going to come to that point where we're going to have to rename the White House? I think that's just after a color, right? That's the name. That's the color that it's. Who knows? Um, I mean, look at uh, 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 the 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 historical neighborhood in this city, Treme. I just found out was is a slave owner's name. He was a murderer. Right. Really? Yeah. Treme was a slave owner, and he uh, he used to he murdered a lot of slaves. So oh, should geez. we re- should should we rename that neighborhood? Because isn't that the the birthplace of jazz and the Treme? Uh, isn't I think that you know. I think a lot of these things are going to going to come under uh, scrutiny. You know, why not, man? I, that's fine with me. Right. So yeah, I did not know that. So it, you know, people used to be, and they even named a show, a TV show, Treme, which ripped me off. If you remember, they ripped me I, off. I, I do remember that. I do remember. Yeah. That. So anyway, it's crazy going nuts. And uh, so, what's going on with you? Well, I was just, uh, you know, what's going on with me? I actually started uh, rehearsing for uh, for a thing I have to do this week, um, some music I haven't played in, in a while, and playing with this guy, John Grow, and uh, this guitar player, wild uh, funk guitar player, June Yamagishi, and, uh, and uh, Russ Broussard, uh, Susan Cowsell's husband, playing drums. Anyway, so I, I, in having to rehearse all this material, I realized how uh, kind of soft my, my hands have gotten. You know, I haven't played very many gigs at all, and uh, it's uh, it's a little bit shocking. It's like okay, well, maybe not a good idea to uh, you know. So you're doing like a a, a stream? Yeah, yeah, doing doing okay. a live stream, doing a live. What's stream. the name of this band? It's uh, John Grow, Papa John Grow. Oh, um, no. He had the band uh, Papa Grow's Funk for many oh, years, yeah. a popular group. Anyway, I've, I play with him periodically, and I'm I'm doing one tomorrow. But yeah, it's it's like okay, well, I better kind of ease into this uh, this this practice regimen here before I. And you are all uh, going to be in the same room. We are going to be in the same room. Yes, we're uh, we're we're you know we're we're all feeling our way forward with this. So and, let me uh, ask you a question. You guys are asking for tips and money and stuff like that to give because you're struggling and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, it's, I don't know that it's, it's all about struggling. It's it's the one way that we can perform these days because because even though we're in phase two in the state and it's actually legal for. Uh, to, to have bands play in a bar uh, in the state of Louisiana, it's not in New Orleans. It's still illegal to have a band play in a, in, in a club in New Orleans. So it's well, I think these, that's smart. I mean, these live streams, sure. I, well, whatever, but uh, it prob- probably is. That, but these live streams are the alternative venue that we've that we have come up with. So it's it's the equivalent of a gig, you know, it's, uh, I think right. our guest just, just did one of these this e- earlier this evening. So we can talk to him about, uh, about that and how, how he's. So, but I mean, to... isn't that a, a slippery slope? If you're, if you're getting some money and you're still taking unemployment, do you have to um, declare that? Well, it's, it's, it's not, it's not actually a job, you know, we're not, um, we're, we're not selling tickets. Uh, no one is hiring us to do this. We are, we're playing for free. And, um, you know, we accept donations, which, which people sometimes give and sometimes don't. 
but uh, it's it's not what you'd call like a, an actual you know employment situation. So uh, okay, so you don't have to. You don't, so okay, I get it. So you're making you know, money. Go well, ahead. It, and it really, the biggest thing. I mean, it, it's nice to, to 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 get paid for playing, but in in all honesty, the biggest attraction to these things is to get to play with people, because that's that's the thing that uh, you know you you miss the most, and especially when it's something you do as a, a vocation, you know, it's something you, you, you've done your whole life and then suddenly you can't. I mean, this is the longest I've gone and played this few gigs in since I'm like, I don't know, 13 years old. It's crazy. So, it, you know, that's the big reward is, is being there playing music with, with other people. Um, All right. So, you know, in, 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 as, as, as quickly as the bars opened up in New Orleans, we already had, uh, I don't know if you saw in the newspaper, one of our city councilmen, like maybe on the first or second night that the bars were open, he already ran his, uh, his city-provided car uh, with the p blue police lights running, ran it across the uh, median and yeah. crashed into another car right. <laughs> and was arrested for, uh, for uh, driving intoxicated. But was he at a bar or was he just drinking? We don't know. No, we don't. We don't know where he was. It's uh, you know, it's all it's all very much under wraps. But I thought, okay, well, that didn't take long. Well, no, I mean, uh, and look what happened in Florida. Florida reopens really quickly, and there's a birthday party at some bar. Twenty people at this party. The next day, all twenty are diagnosed with uh, COVID. So crazy, man. Crazy. This ain't going. This ain't going away. Right. Right. You know. This is not going away. And if people want to act tough, you know, I, 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 I get it. You know, I was young. I'll act tough. I, I'm, I'm, I'm invincible. But uh, now that I'm an old man, I, you know, I got to think, man. Yeah, yeah, you're playing, playing it a little, uh, little uh, safer. Yeah, I'm playing it safer. And, uh, you know. Uh, but here's something I wanted to bring up uh, uh, before we get to our guest, because I'm excited yes. about our guest. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's a long time coming, man. This guy's been yeah. on the list since the beginning. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, there's Father's Day is coming up this weekend. And I don't know if you celebrate that, you know, because sure. you, you, you have around, what, eight kids? <laughs> I don't know. I lose count. Yeah. Because I've known, I, I know you have a few kids around the country, around the world <laughs> okay. that, that we know about. Well, people you know that about. consider me a father, people that look look at me as a, a father figure, yes, it's true. Sure. Okay. That's <laughs> the way you want to get out of it, sure. Anyway, you know, those wire hangers helped you out a lot during your past, let me tell you. Um. Anyway, uh, I was thinking about all holidays and stuff, you know, basically everything is a Hallmark holiday, you know, Mother's mm -hmm. Day, Father's Day, Secretary's Day, Grandparents' Day, everything's Day. Yeah, all that. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I'm not too bright, but are, are, was birthdays, a hall, was made up by Hallmark with birthdays? Because who came up with the idea of like celebrating your birthday? Well, you know, I'm not sure because as long as I've been around, they've been doing it. But I do know that my father-in-law, who who came from Canada, which is not that different from the United States, but he said as a kid, they never celebrated birthdays in his family. He said he would celebrate his the, the day he made his bar mitzvah um, after yeah. he had done that. But he, but he said they, 
he thought it was strange and he got to, to uh, the U.S. and everybody made such a big deal about birthdays. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's got to be the most depressing thing, really, unless you're a kid. Unless you're a kid, you know? Who yeah. wants to celebrate their birthday? Well, you know, you know? It's, it's one more year that you're still alive. That's, that's a good, good reason to celebrate, I guess, you know? Just a way to mark it. Yeah, well, you could yeah. do that every day, though. You know, why wait yeah. for your birthday? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, I'm at I'm at the point in my life where I, I don't want gifts. You know. I, yeah, exactly. I don't want gifts. Yeah, when you, uh, that, I, I finally managed to get rid of of exchanging uh, gifts within the family between adults for birthdays. I, I've tried to do this for years to to end this ridiculous practice. It's like, yeah, it's one thing if you're 12 and you're you know wanting that new skateboard and, you know, you can wait for your birthday. But, you know, it's been a long time since I had to wait for something. You know, if I need something, I go and get it. And I right. assume everyone else is the same way. So really anything I could give you as a present would be something you don't need. <laughs> It'd be something right. be in your way because you already have everything you need, I assume. You know, yeah, exactly. And I guess the ultimate thing now for people our age is uh... – you know, uh, uh, is uh, just give them like a, a certificate, a gift card. Here, here's twenty bucks to uh, a bowling alley. Knock yourself and, out. And, and that's that's kind of a curse. That's like a job. You know, you give. Well, yeah, somebody, it's it, cause you give somebody that, and then they have to actually go do it. It's like, well, what, this is from bass fishing lines. I don't know. <laughs> You're all good on on your tackle. Yeah, you don't need any yeah. new tackle. I don't fish, so right. you know, it's like right, you know. Right. Anyway, uh, so listen, we're we're 20 minutes into this show. Let's get our guest inside. Absolutely, here. absolutely. He's been. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't butt in. I know, I know. He's this is the guy. Everybody said, "Oh, you'll be lucky to get a word in in Edgewise," and and then here he's he's quiet as a church mouse over here. <laughs> you know why? You know why? I'll tell why you why. Because he's taking care of his grandchild. Congratulations, man. Thank you, you. Thank you. You're a grandfather. I oh. am. Yeah. Yes, yes. What do you have? Is it a boy or a girl? It's a human. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's all I've been told. You know, they, they're no. keeping me at a safe distance. You know, no, it's a mom. My, my little granddaughter, Nora Ruth Beatty, oh. and um, my daughter ushered me into grandfatherhood Friday morning at 12.53 a.m. with a beautiful oh. little girl. Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank so. you. Thank you. The reason I was being quiet, because I was thinking, I wish I had gotten a pencil and paper to write down all my comebacks for all, what you guys have. <laughs> I mean, right out the gate. You know, you, you called him Hoy Polloi, and you said you didn't remember what that meant. I went and looked it up, and it means scumbag. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not sure go. why you're calling him that shit. <laughs> oh, I've called him worse, let me tell you that. Uh, sure yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's an upgrade. Um, <laughs> that's right. You're moving on up. But I did want to chime in on two subjects that you all have Sure. Well, well, let me first. Well, let's introduce you first. Introduce you. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not yeah, little, Renowned by my voice patterns. Yeah, you, yeah, okay. Well, I will say that you can. You don't need to talk as loud as you are right now because you're definitely coming through loud and clear. <laughs> okay, I'll try to move the mic because I have a loud voice. It's, um, you have okay. a very resonant voice. Our, our guest, he has a very resonant voice. He, this is a fellow I've known since I'm like nine or ten years old. Um, 
he's from New Orleans, New Orleans native. Uh, he's, uh, uh, he's a fantastic guitar player, world-renowned guitar player, a songwriter, raconteur, a real cut-up. Um, <laughs> without further ado... No, no, keep Kurt, going. I want to hear more goodies. Oh, I was going to say he's, he's played with a who's who of, of uh, R&B and, and rock people, Boss Gags, Dr. John, the Neville Brothers, Maria Muldor. Uh, Irma Thomas, Alan Toussaint, uh, the list goes on and on and on. So without further ado, the great Mr. Cranston Clements. Welcome, Cranston. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great honor to be in such company, believe me. Um, yes. You know, early on when we when we were starting the podcast, uh, you know, I had these great guest line, you know, that we would have. People said, oh, that's right. I love it. They go, you know who you should get? You should get Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> what sly dog suggested that probably no, my brother I, I always said you know well absolutely we're you know we had his brother on but uh so for sure we're going to have cranston on it's a, he's a natural he's a natural well we'll see but i mean i'm rolling i'm zinging i got so many ideas already man well you you have a fertile mind cranston you know well, your, I mean, well, your brother dave that. was one of the one of our earliest guests aha uh -huh. And, and uh, he, how did he, that go, if I might ask? Be well, honest. He, he was the only guest that didn't make it to the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd love an explanation. Well, well we, uh, so would we. we. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so would we. But he, uh, we picked him up at the Circle Bar, brought okay. him to the ring room, and started recording the shows. And we, we were each having a cocktail. And I don't know how many he had before we picked him up. but. Okay. Uh, we were and we always take a break halfway through the recording to refresh our cocktail, maybe use the bathroom and stuff like that. And when we came back from the break, he was walking out. He was just leaving. What? I think he and thought I, it was over because uh, he was he, he wasn't was angry over. or anything. He was telling us goodbye, and I was going, "Wait, Dave, wait, come back." And I could hear him as he's <laughs> out the door saying something. He's walking out onto the street. I'm like, "Jesus Christ, where is he going, man?" I came back and he had left his oh. his, his uh, notebook and his briefcase. <laughs> and so we Mark. had to we had to pack up all our stuff before we could go looking for him. Oh my God! I was yeah. going to say I hope you didn't let him drive. But no, he, no, he was on foot. He was on foot. Oh, thank God! Okay. And <laughs> which we, foot was we, he on? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't he on feet? I mean, he's hopping around on one leg. That's ridiculous. But he, he, we drove around, you know, Canal Boulevard looking for him. And we basically went back to the circle bar and dropped his stuff off and said, we hope he shows back up, you know? <laughs> and they said, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah, he's a good guy. He's oh, a good guy. Oh, we loved it. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he made it back. Uh, to the circle bar safely, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, know? I'm going to tell you a, a very fresh anecdote. My brother, okay. uh, my stepmother, had the idea of meeting over at Snake and Jake's Saturday night. Of course, it's not open to the public. Right. Oh, and, I was invited to that party. I was invited to that get together, but I couldn't make it. Oh, okay. Uh, go uh, ahead. I, I would say you you screwed up badly there. <laughs> we had we had pizza, dude. My stepmother uh, treated us to pizza from Tower of Pizza on Veterans Highway. Oh, uh, my favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. really good, man. So yeah. 
I was sitting there, David, you, you're not going to believe what he's done. He's transformed the back patio of Snake and Jake's into it's. You have, if you've ever been to Bacchanal over there by the. Yes, I have. It's a wonderland. You know, well, David is rivaling that. He trans, you're not going to believe it. I'm serious, man. He, wow. he has done, and he, he ordered eight tons of gravel. Right. And manually shoveled, uh, or manually, that would be if you were doing it, okay, shoveled and wheelbarrowed about six tons of gravel. He had a help from an, a, a partner in the neighborhood and that he hired to help him. But, man, massive amount of work. It's incredible. He so we told out, me, Yeah, go that? ahead. Uh, go ahead. Finish your story. Go ahead. I was just going to tell you that. I was sitting there, and I had this epiphany, because, I mean, I have – so much love and respect for Dave. I mean, Dave is, is you know, one of the greatest guys I've ever known, and not because he's my brother. That's that's strike two against him. But um, so I wrote a song. I was walking to my car to, to get a cigarette, and I, I, as I'm walking, I thought of this little couplet that I might turn into something. It says, I'm a lucky mother fudder. To have you for my brother, I, I'm working on that one. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 bubbling up from the primordial soup, you know. Okay, it's not all right. But yeah. I I have to jump in because there's a uh, some news items you all mentioned, and I want to say a couple of things. Okay, speaking okay, of wait, wait wait wait, let me just get back to the gravel. He told me about all the gravel that he brought. Uh huh. But he told me he put six six tons out in the yard. And he put the other two tons in the men's urinal and on the couch. <laughs> That's what he told me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got a creative mind, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's like yeah. sort of like a giant cat box. Exactly. You know? Right, 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 right. Well, it's an improvement to the Snake and Jake's men's room, I got to say. Well, yeah. I'm telling you. So, the you ice know. doesn't even melt in that fucking urinal at the Snake and Jake's. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's That's it's how disgusting. It is at times. Well, you know, he he tries. He tries to keep up. <laughs> yeah. You know, he yeah. he put a little can of a uh, Lysol spray in there. You know, he nice. thought that might nice. help. Yeah, right. nice. kill some of the smaller insects. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I got, now can I jump in? Yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Right. Jump into your at the topics. Okay. Yes. Back to the topics. I mean, look, I want to tell y'all. This COVID-19 is no joke. It has kicked my ass. But the worst news I got was that there's a companion virus that's come along. And they are alerting all sexually active couples to refrain from mutual oral sex because of this COVID-69 virus. That's uh, right. okay. <laughs> I've waited 20 minutes for that, fellas. <laughs> God damn. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> I don't think so. That hurt even me. <laughs> oh, that really hurt. But um, that was, And then, he, of course, uh, Manny took a real cheap shot at you, which I thoroughly admired. He... Uh, he mentioned something about, you know, how many children you have all over the world. And then he said, yeah, but you probably had that coat hanger. And then it reminded me that I actually wrote a song called I, I Was Born in the Bosham Clinic. And I'd love to sing it for you all. I don't know if that's appropriate. Sure, go all right. ahead. All right. It goes, I swear, I don't know where these ideas hit me from, but it goes, I was born in the Bosham Clinic. The doctor wasn't fast enough. And then go to the forecourt. Born in the motion clinic, he wasn't fast enough. 
He turned his back for a minute. That's when I popped out my mama's stuff. That's the first verse. Then it goes, <laughs> the second verse goes, the coat hanger didn't get me, so he come at me with a knife. The coat hanger didn't get me, so he come at me with a knife. But I slurred on out the door. That's when them Christians saved my life. Okay, so that, that's the Motion Clinic blues. I thought y'all deserved that. I, I think I remember you doing that in my father's band, actually. I think you, <laughs> when you were play, playing with him, he might have let you sing in tune. I actually oh. think, think you did that. And we, I think we were all uh, falling on the floor laughing. Oh. Even, even my father got a kick out of that one. <laughs> I'm trying to, I, I definitely remember the time we were on a gig when the uh, audience was threatening to, well, I was going to say lynch us, but that's not a good term right at this moment. Uh, sure. But, and, and I'm, I shouldn't even, I'm not even making jokes because I got, if we want to go into uh, Black Lives Matter, I will jump on that bandwagon in a minute. But, because uh, this this uh, racist shit is, it's, it should be should have ended it should never have happened but anyway of course of course of course um, yeah. but um i was we, we were doing a gig and the and the crowd wanted to hear stroken okay and your dad is looking at me like what the fuck is stroking i'm like i know it <laughs> he, he believed me so he gave me the mic and and joe clay was on drums cj sharing me of course and, right right and and I'm playing bass, so I'll I'll launch into like the the bass thump or whatever I could come up with for uh-huh. stroking, and I start singing, and I only know the only two lines I know: stroking to the east, stroking to the west, stroking to the woman that I love best. So I go into this whole spiel. And at one point, I'm I'm making stuff up, and I start talking about earthworms be stroking, and <laughs> I see this couple dance, and they look up at. And the woman says to the, her husband, "Did he just say something about earthworms?" You know, like we're way off off kilter there, you know. But we got through. We got through. Oh, and Jimmy LaRocca was recording the whole proceeding, so I have a copy of that. Wow! Oh, wow! Maybe we can get it to play at the end of the show, Renee. Oh, and the oh, other yeah. thing that then I'll try to find it. The other thing they didn't like about my version of Stroking was when it gets to the part where. Clarence Carter starts singing, I can always tell when my woman is sassified because she starts calling my name. And instead of Clarence Carter, I was saying, Egbert K. Wilmerding, Egbert K. Wilmerding. You know, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Look, it's been nice talking to you too. Okay, yeah, goodbye. Right. <laughs> I'm digging a hole here. Jesus <laughs> well, Christ. Well, something serious like Manny's uh, next election. Oh, no, that's still two years away. We got plenty yeah, yeah. of time. We got plenty of time to talk about our strategy. You know, your brother Dave is uh, my campaign manager, which just goes to show you why I never win. Well, and that also goes to show you why the last time we did a fundraiser at Circle Bar, the money got stolen. We ran off with the tip bucket. (laughs) That's that's not good. At the end of the evening, it was like it was like Dave was like, "You got the tip bucket," and I was like. Oh, I thought you had the tip bucket. <laughs> it was like, no, Cranston had the tip bucket. No, the bartender had the tip bucket, and it was gone. And we must have made a few hundred dollars that night because we had like five bands play. Oh, that was a good, a healthy chunk of change. And that was a, it was three, $302.91. I mean, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no.
it was it was unbelievable that it got it got snookered like that. I couldn't yeah. believe it, man. Well, that's the typical Manny Chevrolet troubled man. You know, I I, I have a fundraiser and I lose money. <laughs> that's that's when I when I you know do a, a like when Dave when Dave and I were playing at Jimmy's on Willow Street. Uh huh. We had a two night stand there for some reason, and um, I can't believe anybody would have the Clemens Brothers two nights in a row. But anyway, um, we had left David. David had bought a brand new PA amplifier, like for like six hundred bucks, and. And we left it. Jimmy said we could leave our equipment under the stage. Well, we come back next day. It's all gone. You know, my, oh, we had borrowed my dad's microphone case. All gone. Oh, so Jimmy let us do a benefit. And I think by the end of the benefit, our bar tab, we ended up paying him for <laughs> letting us play there. You know, <laughs> didn't work too well. Yeah, you know, that's why I've always needed management. Good management. I've never really had good management. Well, because you, what you really needed was management. Yeah, management, exactly. You see? I, it's all good, as they say, uh, Cranston. It's all good. I knew Saul pretty well. Saul Good. He was a, he was a writer. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry, man. Okay. You, Look, guys, love got... the puns. you love the puns, yes. I do. I do, man. That's the, that's the Clemens family. We know the family. <laughs> uh, your brother is famous for the, uh, uh, what's that, the, the Boudreaux and the... Uh, that's Thibodeau. Thibodeau. He's always wanted to tell those Thibodeau and Boudreaux jokes. Oh, now you opened another can of wine. Yeah, I know. I know. But listen, let's get back to you. Yeah, you're well, from here. You're oh, from sorry. here, and nobody really likes you. So, uh, but you continue, you, you, you continue on. Look, I'm making headway, man. Somebody waved to me the other day, man. There you go. They waved to you. They said, you're they Things said, you're blocking up. traffic. You're blocking traffic, Craig. <laughs> That's right. Out of the way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I shot him the bird. I probably shouldn't have done that, you know, but uh, it was, I had my foot in the door for a minute. But, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, well. Sorry, I was going to say, I wanted to touch on some of these, these landmark groups you've played in, uh, uh, Cranston. And I was going to say, when I first met you, you had just come off the road with uh, Wayne Cochran and the CC Riders. Oh, you're right. It was back in the, the 70s. You're right. You were about eight years old. Yeah, I think I was nine. I remember the first time I ever saw you. You came on this gig with my father's band. They had the Hayward Hamilton play an organ with the two Leslies, loud as shit. Um, I remember having to help move those. You were right. Well, I'm sure you did many times. But on this first gig, you kind of, it was somebody's uh, rich person's backyard tent wedding kind of situation. And you, you uh, came in. You're a sub. Somebody had sent on the on the on on the gig, and uh, you came in with like a Fender Champ, and my father, it's a <laughs> tiny amp, tiny little guitar amp, and my father looked at that amp and he said, "Man, I don't think that's going to cut it," and you and you went, "Oh no, it's kind of souped up. It's going to be fine." So uh, <laughs> so then you started playing, and you were such a fantastic guitar player. My father's looking at me, making eyes going, listen to this fucking guy, man. I'm going, yeah, I know. I hear it. No, it's fucking incredible. So it, it didn't matter what kind of amp you, you, you had. You're, 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 I've, I've kept that tradition up. Man. Okay. <laughs> it's like, 
I've gotten. I, I used. I showed up at a gig. You remember Dave Watson, a great bass player. Sure, fact, yeah, yeah. I met him when I joined Wayne Cochran's band. He was. Yeah. He had replaced Jocko. Right, right. It's what and, part of the New Orleans to Miami pipeline. Exactly. Wayne band. You know, you had you, Dave Watson, Alan, Alan Robinson, Robinson. We Jerry had on the podcast Jerry Meehan, and then a whole bunch of horn players like absolutely Brian O'Neill playing that band or something. Oh or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, uh, man. You know, Bob um, Gables later lived here. I guess he's well, not. Gables Gable wasn't from here, but he lived here for a long time. Charlie Brent. I mean, Charlie Brent, of course. Yes. He's the, the, you know, and I mean, he, I hold him and beyond, I don't even know if there's anything beyond high esteem, you know, but uh, he he changed my life, you know, I mean, he he believed him and got me on the band. So that's what I was going to ask you. You replaced Charlie in, in Wayne Cochran's band? No, no. Uh, first of all, that would have been impossible, but, uh, Equally impossible. Thank God I had not actually heard this guitar player that uh, got gotten a beef with Wayne and quit right when they were playing a two-week stand in New Orleans at the Stage Door Canteen on Bourbon Street. And the guitar player was Kenny Cordray. He was from Texas, from Houston, oh. Texas. He's the guy who started ZZ Top. Huh. And, and he also wrote a song called Wildflower. Be careful how you touch her, but she'll awaken. It was a big hit in the in the 70s, a ballad. Hmm. Of course, this guy I knew, Danny Avery, used to sing, be careful how you touch her, she's got the crabs. But uh, <laughs> that's another story. But anyway, Kenny, phenomenal guitar player. And, and, and I did not hear him. I would have just gone on back on home, you know. But, but Charlie Brent had been the guitar player and arranger for a long time for Wayne. In fact, he was on the band when they got Jocko. Right. And um, Jocko actually has, I've read, you know, interviews where he said that he's, Charlie Brent is the reason he joined Wayne Cochran's band. You know, he said, I got to be around this guy, you know. Right. uh, So Charlie had flown back from L.A. where he was living and was covering the gig until they auditioned somebody that they could break in and, and, and then he would, go back to LA. So they had the auditions and I remember getting to this audition and they were auditioning guitar players two at a time. So I'm sitting up there next to a guitar player named Steve Hughes. If you ever remembered him, he, I do he know Steve Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him. Phenomenal player, man. The only thing he, that he didn't have going at the time was that he couldn't read music. And I was a, known as a reading guitar player because I was the guy that had the title at the top instead of upside down. <laughs> so so anyway, Steve and I are auditioning together and, and I you know, I got my nose buried in these Charlie Brent arrangements that were not remotely easy, you know. Sure. And and then Billy Gregory also auditioned, who was my hero when I was a teenager. I used to drop ass at me and Dave and go listen to Billy Gregory at the bank on Decatur Street. Anyway, so Billy couldn't read a note. So, uh, he, so he Charlie decided I was the guy, and uh, I was you know because I was beyond green. I was scared to death. You know, it, yeah. it was a tough the How first few months. I was twenty four. Okay. And the first few months on that bus, it was it was worse than any boot camp I could imagine. You know, um, they raped you. <laughs> they did the whole thing. It was like a tribal thing. You know, <laughs> there was the bukkake session. You know, it was, it was terrible, man. 
<laughs> Why does he interrupt me like that, that Manny Chevrolet? <laughs> but it might as well, it was psychological, right? Yeah, it was pretty tough. Thank God I had a couple of mate. Oh, and Jerry Meehan had joined the same night I did. Uh, he replaced Alan oh, wow. Robinson. <clears throat> so I never got to play with Alan back at that point until years later. I played a lot with him and phenomenal right. drummer. Um, yeah. But uh, so anyway, I got got the gig, and Charlie stayed on the, the the road for the first couple of weeks in the hopes that I would grok the situation. And finally, after two weeks, it's like I can't stay any longer. I go go back to L.A. Good luck, y'all. And uh, <laughs> he he went on back to L.A. And I'm just you know scratching my nuts uh, for like the next two or three months, and mercifully. I got it together somehow, you know, I, well, I was practicing like 12 hours a day. I was, I was obsessed, you know, and it, yeah. it, it ended up changing the whole game for me. Wow. Wow. It's just <sighs> a real pressure cooker kind of situation there that uh, you. Oh were, yeah. You it was, it was unbelievable. The yeah. The level oh, yeah. of musicianship was so high and then the sophistication was, was, uh, was uh, such that, yeah, you had to, you had to really, uh, you know. well, so wait a minute. So wait a minute. What's so, so wait a minute. So he he left the tour and just said I'm done, and then you guys. No, Charlie was just filling in. He was Wayne's. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He was Wayne's arranger. Oh, okay, I get it. Now. And he was a musical genius of the first order, and uh, and also the funkiest, nastiest, uh, incredible. I mean, I just I don't even know where to begin with this guy, but but uh, I will say that Wayne's band, the CC Riders should should have been much more notorious i mean they weren't because they weren't really they they kind of were riding being a horn band of course chicago and blood sweat and tears kind of revamped that approach but wayne was kind of a little bit on an anachronism which is too bad because that band was beyond belief and i will i will say this Jocko came in one night and sat in with us so i got to play one song with Jocko. oh cool a song that Charlie had written to feature Jocko called Rice Pudding, which you, it's on YouTube, Renee. You got to hear this. Man. Oh, right on. Look up Wayne Cochran uh, and the CC Riders doing Rice Pudding uh, with Jocko. It's it's mind-numbing. But, nice. but listen, um, it might be the time that we take our break. Yes. Yeah, we always take a little break. And uh, so the nation cocktail. the cocktail. And uh, so we're going to do that. And uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Mr. Cranston Clements. So uh, we we have a, a sponsor. It's been with us for for a little while now, Manny. Uh, it's a great sponsor. You want to tell the the troubled nation? Yeah. About, well, yeah. this is just just to remind the nation that uh, the Velo Bar is uh, still out there. You can still order it. It's not going away, and it's something you need. It's something you need right now. This is a uh, CBD protein bar that is healthy for you and it fills you up and it calms you down. And who doesn't need to be calmed down with all the fucking stress we're having in this fucking world right now? I tell you. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a plant-based protein from healthy superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, chia seeds. It's perfect for breakfast. It's great for after a workout. And it fucking tastes great. There's two beautiful flavors right now going on, the dark chocolate and the peanut butter. And if you go to VeloBarCBD.com right now and use the pr- promo code TroubledMen15, you'll get 15% off your order and free shipping. You can't beat that. 
I mean, you yeah. can't beat that. You know, yeah. and I've had these. I'm actually, I just ate one after dinner like an hour ago. Okay. And I'm ready. I'm ready. To, I'm, I'm feeling so relaxed right now that I, I'm, I don't think I can insult anyone tonight. Oh, but okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The night is young. <laughs> the night is young. Exactly. We're, we're at nine o'clock central time right now. Right, right, um, right. But it's a great tasting bar. You've had it, Renee. You love yes, it. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I love the love the uh, the Velo bars. And so, yes, that's uh, the the website velobarcbd.com. Yes, go to it, check it out. You'll love it. And like I said, use the Troubled Men One Five promo code. Get fifteen percent off your order plus free shipping. Check it out, Nation. You're gonna love it. Yeah. All right. And, uh, and as always, you know, if you want to support the, uh, the Troubled Nation out there, if you want to support the Troubled Men podcast, you can get right there on the, uh, the uh, show notes and, uh, and uh, buy us a cocktail. In fact, I want to give a shout out to uh, Miss Lisa McGoffrin, uh, uh, Hellcat extraordinaire for uh, supporting mm-hmm. Troubled Men podcast. And, uh, and uh, yes, thank you, Lisa. So uh, back to our guest, uh, Cranston Clements. You were talking about the music business, or uh, what was that? The, yeah, uh, I had a brilliant insight. Okay, yes, go on. If I say so myself, which about, I'm frequently. About New Orleans not being like Memphis or Nashville or L.A. Not having yes. the music industry. It's uh, right. it yes. musicians here, but it doesn't have the support of the, the management, the record labels. Uh, I mean, not, not in a contemporary sense, does it? Exactly, and I think I figured out why. Okay. What's that? It just came to me from the sky. Um, it's because it, there's so many places to play live here. It's like all anybody wants to do here, they come here and all they want to have to do and want to do is play live. You know, right. it's a live music town, you know? I mean, they've, they've had some formidable studios here that have done very well. It's not like New Orleans has done nothing, to say the least. I mean, God, look at sure. C-Saint Studios and Studio in the Country and, all, you know, all this um Yes, Cosmo Matassa, you know, of course we have a, a, a great uh, recording tradition here, but it hasn't really been so much in the modern era. Right, and I, I think it's, but yet New Orleans is like a magnet for talent, you know, people come here, some damn great players come here, and then they get come here and they get way better, you know, because <clears throat> there's so much playing going on, at least until all this mess. Right, right, right. And, and you're someone, so you played a live stream tonight, right? Yes, I did. And, and you, so you can, can uh, confirm that the, the real thrill of it, of course, you like to get paid because you like to eat, but uh, the real thrill of it is to get to play. The thrill of it is the groupies, let's be honest. But <laughs> there, there were none lurking around tonight uh, we focused on the music no it went really well man i mean i've been playing with this band with uh, jamie lynn vessels and um she's a singer songwriter which is kind of misleading because she does bill herself as new orleans loudest singer songwriter okay. you know, she she plays a gibson firebird through a hundred watt boxed amp and uh it screams you know i mean she she rocks she's a right. really a rocker you know but she also does a lot of acoustic stuff on, you know, does solo acoustic gigs and all too, but she writes all her music and we've got Dave Brouillette, uh, probably no relation to Frenchie, but we'll find out. Yeah, we're um, going to dig into that. But, yes, uh, and, on bass and, and, and the drummer is Daniel Perez Iriando. He's from Colombia. Okay. And uh, Check we his immigration playing. status later on. But uh, 
Jamie Lynn, she's a tall drink of water. She's a, she's a, she's, she's I haven't heard ideal. anything like that, but that's, that's, that's apt, you know? Yeah, I like um, to use that phrase. It's kind of an old-timey phrase, calling someone a tall drink of water. I think that was something uh, W.C. Yeah. Fields used to say. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I still don't know what that means. What does it mean? I don't know. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, it's, it's, uh, good, good, for, good for the gander. I, I still, still to this uh, day don't mean, know what that means. It means someone's tall. It's kind of a, a flirty way to say someone's tall, I think. Right. Tall drink of water. Speaking yeah, of... Uh, I guess I'm, I'm, you know, you played with another female artist that Manny's obsessed with, uh, Amanda Shaw. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not obsessed. Well, I'm not no, obsessed. You, I just got a thing. I just got a thing. You have a thing. It's not obsessed. Okay, well, okay. I, I'm not uh, like, I, you know, mailing her letters or, or, or stalking. No, no. Like no, I, I misspoke. Well, oh, that reminds me. My girlfriend. Uh, that's my with girlfriend. you and Joan Rivers, Renee. That's how you were okay. with Joan Rivers. You know. Well, Joan is a special <laughs> talent. Yeah. Joan is a special yes. talent. She, yeah. she, we lost her too early, for sure, man. Yeah. You, 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 you have you a lot to current situation. You were like Hannibal Lecter and put her face on your face. Oh, yeah. no, no. I would never do that to Joan. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, but have you, you have, have a thing for Joan's daughter. Have you seen Joan's daughter lately? No, I haven't. Mar- Marissa uh, Rivers. Uh, Melissa Rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's done the same thing. She's gotten so much plastic surgery, and she's yeah. only like twenty nine. Uh, I know, think she's older than that, but, uh, yeah, but, but uh, no, yeah, it's, it's too much. She, it's too much. Yeah, 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 too much. Well, I can't really make any comments about that because I spent a fortune on plastic surgery. Unfortunately, it was all on my left earlobe, but <laughs> it, I think it came out good. All right. Um, <laughs> but you, you lean to one side constantly. You're always leaning to one side. Every That's time right. Yeah, they packed it in. Yeah. You know, but and, I wanted uh, to mention that speaking of stalkers, you know, I mean, I've actually been accused of being a stalker. Really? My girlfriend accused me of being a stalker. And I'm, I mean, she's not exactly my girlfriend, but uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's an old joke. But, uh, okay, I had to get that one in there. But uh, but I guess we should talk about something serious. Like, oh, so Jamie Lynn, man, I'm having a blast playing with her. We um, we recorded a CD, and uh, then we did some more recording at a really nice, speaking of studios, a nice studio called Marini Studio. Oh, yeah, or, I love that uh, place. Used- Used to be the Beat Exchange years ago, and right, right, uh, yeah. Barbara Hoover had the Beat Exchange. Yes, exactly. But yes, she, now, I think um, she had the Meat Exchange going. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> that was uh, that was the studio next door. Right, right, right the Meat Exchange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the Paul McDonald was the, our engineer. Man, incredible work. You know, it came out. The stuff we did there is on on uh, YouTube, and anyway. Yeah. We've been playing a lot, and it's it's really you know the band has, it's it's kind of weird, but all of a sudden you'll have a night where you realize, thank God we've been playing so many gigs because it, it's it finally everything just clicked in right before the our last gig was March fourteenth until today. Right, and right, right. You're you're ramping up for the ever had. You're ramping up for the festival season, only to have them say, you know what, never mind, uh, come back well, next year. Shit, Jamie got her first gig at the Jazz Fest, and yeah, yeah. and uh, I was, and I already had a gig that same day at the same venue at the fest at the uh, Lanyap stage with the Guitar Trio with Jimmy Robinson and John Rankin. 
Okay. So I would have been able to play two gigs at the same stage on the same day, which is lo- a logistical heaven, right? you know, and trying to get the parking passes and all that crap, you know, into the jazz fest. Uh, although they've gotten, they've gotten better. It's smoother now than it used to be. But so I, I was real sorry to see that go by, you know, right. um, and then we had French quarter fest booked as well, but you know, everybody's in the same boat. Sure, sure, sure. I was going to say I wanted to uh, to flip back the pages and touch on another uh, part of your career, which which made a big impression on me, and that's that's the uh, the late seventies, the prison uh, sentence, the prison, the prison phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made a big effect on Renee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I want to, I want to talk about your band Sex Dog that you had with your brother Dave and uh, the Nikki Sonsenbach in that band as well. Yes, he he basically so, put it together. So that at that time, you know, this was just when like you know punk rock was was happening and it was kind of getting to New Orleans. They had the Normals. They had uh, you know a few other fledgling or you know some 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 good punk rock bands. And uh, oh yeah, you, know, you had been playing like on the the uh, you know society circuit and just spot jobs you know for years and playing all these you know rhythm and blues bands and stuff. But uh, Ben, I remember you came to one of these gigs and you'd shaven your head like in the middle of the night and not done a very careful job of it. You'd cut the fuck out of your scalp and all scarred up and, and you would start smoking cigarettes again. And, and I was like, wow, what happened to Cranston? And then, and then on the break, I'm talking to you and you're saying, yeah, yeah. Me and my brother, Dave, we started this band sex dog. And uh, so that, that <laughs> launched a whole new phase in your life. Talk about that song that that period. Well, I just want to real quickly say that the reason I shaved my head was because uh, Hannibal Lecter had sent me Joan Rivers' face, and I wanted to just put it on top. <laughs> okay, all right. Know, that's horrible. But anyway, uh, yeah, Nicky, um, of course, he had this basement. He Nicky lived right next door to to uh, Ellis Marcellus and, and the entire Marcellus family. Okay. So Wenton and, and – On uh, Airline Bradford, Highway? Nova, no, this was uh, on Hickory Street, uptown by okay. uh, Carrollton and Claiborne. Okay. Um, and were you making a joke there? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was making a London Lodge, uh, Carlos Marcella joke there. But uh, oh, that's just Marcellus, you pig. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so anyway, Nikki was uh, Nikki was dating a woman who was in the film business and. That could go a lot of places, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Okay. But she was friends with these two guys who were um, cameramen and uh, set designers, uh, Ole Sassone and Rick Wigginton, who were both, uh, you know, very much into, into rock music. And so Nikki had the idea of inviting them over and me and Dave. And then Scott Gudo was renting a room downstairs in the basement. Right. So he... We all just got together one night, and like four hours later, we hadn't even we we never played a song for like the first three months. But there was this crazy energy going on that we finally we were going to book a gig with no songs. We're like, man, somebody might dig this shit, you know. So finally, we we started writing songs, and then this flood of songs just came forth, and um, then all these neighborhood. Kids, I say kids, you know, I mean, like teenagers into their 20s started 
flocking over and hanging out in the basement all and we rehearsed every night i mean yeah it was like that's all we wanted to do it's like this is it you know and uh then we finally started booking gigs and we actually played the jazz fest with sex dog um and um what stage we We were in like stage three of some horrible venereal disease no uh (laughs) It was phase three, right? Phase three. Phase three. Yeah. Well, that, there's that. No, we. There was. I don't even know. If they had names for them back then. They must have. Um, I think I was at any your, case. I think I might have been one. at your first gig, your first public gig. I th- at least that's the way I understood it. Was it was was it at Luigi's or someplace out there by the lake? The privateer. The privateer. The privateer. Yes, that's the gig. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God! My dad and my stepmom came to that gig. <laughs> my dad goes, "You'll like my sons; they're good musicians." <laughs> they come out like Rick Wigginton is hocking loogies on the ceiling and catching them when they drip down back into his. I mean, it was horrible. You know, and we were like body slamming. Yeah, it was some terrible shit, man. I mean, and like one of our big songs, I actually wrote this one was called. Uh, Oli sang this one was, I want to eat you, you big pig. I want to <laughs> stick my apple in your mouth. I, I want to roast you on a spit. When I'm through eating, I will spit you out. Anyway, it went like that. Um, I remember that was a big forget- number, a big number for Sex Dog. It was called Pig. And the second verse I'm really proud of, it goes, uh, <laughs> you may be kosher, I don't care. My rabbi never told me what that means. If he could see you lying there, he'd eat you up like you was pork and beans. My wife just walked in. I don't believe this. (laughs) You were supposed to be in the back, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, God. Timing is everything. So. Anyway, that was a big number for Sex Dog. Yes, it was. I remember that one. It was a, it was a crowd pleaser, as they say. It was a toe tapper. <laughs> a toe tapper. I've never heard any of our songs referred to as toe tappers. I got to tell you this one quick anecdote. Sure. After Sex Dog uh, self-destructed, which was very sad because... Uh, After that one gig. A big parting of the ways because... me. At a gig, because me and Dave, at the end of the gig, somebody came up and requested a song, a parody I'd written called Big Peen, based on Big Bad John. <laughs> so me and David launched into Big Peen, and uh, Oli and Rick say, we can't do this anymore. You you guys don't take this seriously enough. <laughs> and so they broke the fucking band up. I was really upset. You know, and then they they regrouped, and, and we've been, in fact, we're still playing and writing. It's, it's, I love this band, but... After that, David and I started the Rockabies, and then that eventually morphed into the Clements Brothers. So one night, we had booked some gig at a club out, speaking of Airline Highway, some cinder block bunker out on Airline (laughs) Highway, and it had the plastic lighted marquee that could roll out to the the curb, and uh, and it had put the black letters in it. It said, tonight, the Cement Brothers. (laughs) Which I always thought was pretty kind of appropriate, you know. <laughs> Let the cement brothers take you to the bottom, you know. But anyway, that, that, that's, that's that's that band, the Rockabies that you mentioned. Was Bobby Brennan in that band? Yes, he was. Man, what a fucking talent that guy was! Holy cow! 
Yes, and uh, it was a real blow when uh, Bobby quit the band, and me and Dave had to start singing. Yeah. <laughs> Stroking. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That Dave and I were like, we were, thought we were going to break up the band because Bobby was like, we built the whole band around him, man. And then he ups and leaves. I forget. If, I think he moved out of town or something. But well, he joined uh, like uh, that that band. Uh, he started playing uh, upright bass and and playing. Oh yeah. That, that, that guy. What's the guy's name? Uh, it's kind Not of a big Johnny J. No, no, no. I mean, they played in that that. I mean, yeah, he he played with Bobby too. But uh, Brian Setzer, yeah, it's it's uh, it was it was of that era. I can't remember the guy's name at the, at the moment. But uh, Levi, 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 Levi. Uh, anyway, Strauss. Yeah, yeah, that's close, close enough. Levi Strauss. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so no relation you, to Ricard Strauss. So Cranston, you you had all these independent punk rock crazy bands, but yet there are major artists that want you to work with, want to work with you, like. Uh, um, Dr. John, you play with Dr. John, right? Yes, I did. And I, how did that about happen? Nine months, I, well, actually, um, a friend of mine, uh, Ramsey McLean, told the uh, uh, Dr. John had a, a woman named BB managing him for many years, who really yeah. did incredible miracles. She got, I mean, Mac had hit some hard times, and she resurrected him and got him on with all those commercials and uh got him touring again and and uh ramsey was friends with her she asked him one one time uh you know if, if he knew any guitar players and he threw my name in the hat and i i got that gig which was uh you know one of the highlights of certainly of my my life and career you know jesus um it was a it was quite educational. There's a lot of strange politics going on in that band, I have to say. But yeah, just a shame that not everybody was in the same corner. You know, there was some infighting going on. Let's say, but is yeah. that because everyone wanted a piece of Doctor John, or is it that he didn't trust anyone? No, he. I think it was just New Orleans street politics. You know, okay. just factions, right. factional stuff, you know, guys, certain people wanting to lobby for more influence over the band and, and, and others and things like that, you know, uh, so these, it wasn't exactly a, are these guys exactly a party the whole time. Well, yeah. but are these guys who are trying to control it? Are they musicians themselves or are they just trying oh, to yeah. control oh, yeah. the theme? Oh, okay. No, they were musicians, you know, and, but then, uh, you know. That, that the band, I mean, there was incredible musicians in that band. Dave Burrard on bass, Jesus Christ. And uh, right. Freddie Staley was on drums when I joined. And then things, he, somehow things got weird with, he and Mac go back to like teenage years, you know. Right. And Mac played with his brother Paul Staley. And Freddie was Paul's younger brother and started playing with Mac. For, he played on the Gumbo album, for example. And um, yeah, played with anyway. Yes, and then Freddie got crosswise with Mac, and they brought Herman Ernest on on board. Another, another monster, yes. phenomenal, you know. And uh, Eric Traub played sax. A uh, Red Tyler, um, wow, you know. I mean, it, it, Charlie Miller on trumpet. I mean, it, it was it was serious uh, 
Hey, I, I hate to interrupt you. I hate to interrupt you, but my wife just came in and she says on Fox Local News, our former guest, Dave Turgeon, is at a protest. Wow. <laughs> I was his drummer. The only band that ever let me play drums was the Sluts. <laughs> okay. Well, he's on Fox News right now at a protest, screaming and yelling what Dave can only do. Oh, nobody can out scream or yell Dave no, Turgeon. No. no, 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 no. But go ahead with your story. Oh, <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, I got, I, I got to do, you know, got to go to uh, Japan and uh, Europe and Canada. Of course, I've been there a few times already, but I got to do a good bit of traveling. Uh, playing a week in Japan was really remarkable. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it, it was, it was, you know quite a, an honor to even get to to play that gig at all you know and i was there for nine months you know and it was a good gig for me yeah yeah to say the least you know i mean it's always nice to have a few highlights you know i mean yeah well you've had a lot and then you you mentioned briefly uh, uh joe clay um but uh you were you were talking about just to connect the rockabies and the clements brothers then Joe Clay, who we knew as C.J. Sheremy, the drummer, played in my father's band and his own band and stuff, just playing around town. Turns out we discover, oh, well, he would always say, I had this big rockabilly career when I was a kid. Played on Ed Sullivan. And then uh, through some people I had run across in England, they were like, oh, you ever hear Joe Clay? It's like, yeah, I know the guy. And so he wound up having this big resurgence. And the Clements brothers were his backing band in New Orleans for a good bit of that. So you played. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, God. Joe, Joe is, you know, I, there, I, I don't have enough words of praise for Joe. My God. What a guy. I would have loved to have done like a 200 CD box set of Joe Clay sings every song ever written, which is kind of a spin off of the Saturday Night Live bit about. Gordon Lightfoot sings every song. Every right, right. Joe could take the, the most mundane, hackneyed song and kill you. Yeah. You know, and play the shit out of the drums. You know, I mean, very organic and unorthodox, but Joe. Uh, Swing like the, Satan's cock, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, it's the truth. I mean, nobody could swing like that motherfucker. And he. He'd show up. Maybe he had two sticks if you were lucky. Yeah, you know? yeah, they didn't match. And and didn't uh, match. And one the, of them had duct tape holding the two chunks together. The, the kick drum uh, didn't have none. None of the drums had cases. There would be a kick drum and a uh, and a snare drum that he probably had a broken stick twisted around to put tension on the snares. You know, just to, <laughs> exactly to make the right. snare speak. And then one cymbal and a hi hat. And they would make that kit those those four pieces sound like a like an orchestra like like uh like like uh gene krupa or something right, you know? right, I mean, right. and he had a, an old beat up rogers kick drum that sounded like valhalla right you know it, it, he was unbelievable man i mean it just pure joy man and and when i heard my friend ralph bowers who was his uh nephew-in-law i believe mm, i know bro uh, yeah. gave me the he said i've, I've got he found the recordings that Joe had done in the fifties as Joe clay mm -hmm. produced uh, one session was produced by Mickey Baker, the jazz right. guitar player. Um, and when I heard these songs, it was like the baddest rockabilly rock and roll ever I've ever heard, you know, and he, and it, it just didn't pan out business wise, you know, right. and he was, 
And then Ed Sullivan wouldn't let him do his rock thing. He made him do a ballad. Made he was him do on Ed only Sullivan. you. Yes, only, only you. you. <laughs> Don't make me sing, boys. No, no, no. Well, listen, uh, Renee Cranston, mm-hmm. this is something I'm going to introduce to the, sh- to the podcast. Uh, I put out there knowing that Cranston was going to be our guest tonight. So about a week ago, I put out there to the nation if they wanted to ask him a question. Okay. okay. So uh, I got actually one text. Uh, and this is for you, Cranston. It's from the Troubled Nation. I don't know who this person is. They texted me their name. They said their name is Booty LaRue Lawn Chair Debt Collector. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and this is the question. That ring a bell? You. It rings a big bell, yes. Okay. This right. is the question. Uh, it says, who came up with the name and who was he referring to when they said Davy D sucking donkey dick licking Jones? Tom Dyer. And he Tom. was referring to Davy Jones from the Monkees. Okay. All and I right. was there when it happened. I can't believe David remembers that as well. That's my brother, by the way, Booty LaRue, <laughs> lawn care and, and uh, debt collection services. That's <laughs> okay. All right. Dave, Dave's got his fingers in a lot of pies. I know that. <laughs> yes, he does. Very diversified. You could even take the word pie to another level, but we won't go there. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's, you know, and there, here's another uh, text message coming in for you. Okay. It, it says, it says, Cranston. Uh, people are desperate. Uh, what's going to happen next? And it doesn't say from who. It just says question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh my God! Okay. A bit of future, well, a bit of uh, futurism, a bit of uh, prediction in, involved in this. Okay, one. I'm going to make a, 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 an optimistic prediction. Okay. We're going to we're going to realize that. We don't really need, we can't sustain the mad scramble of the human race in an oil or fossil fuel-based world, and we've slowed the damn pace down. There's some signs of life, you know, on the planet that we normally ignore because we're bombarding the planet. Maybe something good will come out of this where we'll, we'll sort of realize a few things and start communicating more openly and and optimistically with each other. And although, you know, we're having all the upheaval, but the upheaval is looking good too. It looks like people, white people are finally realizing, you know, more, I think there's a majority of white people who have had it with racism. Like this has got to stop. I mean, it's insane. Right. We're not fucking murderers anymore. You know, we got to stop this shit. We get along, let's get along with people, you know? So, I mean, I'm, I'm getting worked up here, but it's like, it's mind boggling to me, you know, these people, these metery people, you know, I work, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know, you know, why do we need affirmative action, you know, or, or you know, all lives matter. Yeah, right. that's easy to say when you haven't been systematically crushed for 400 fucking years. Anyway, you got me started. I'm sorry, but no, okay, no, no, well, let's 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 go to the last question I got on the text messages. This is from Maury at Every Deli USA. He says to you, Cranson, soup or sandwich? <laughs> 
Um, soup or sandwich? Uh, that reminds you me. You can't have both, apparently, to Mori. Well, here's what I say when I walk into a sushi restaurant. I say, <laughs> miso soup, you so salad. <laughs> That's all I got for you on that. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Okay. Right. And that's been another episode of Manny's text messages to our guests. Well, that's, that was that was powerful, man. I'm I'm we, a changed man. We appreciate your candor. Uh, uh, <laughs> my crander. Your crander. Man, I, I had opened my notes. I wanted to leave y'all with a pithy quote. I write all these okay. quotes down. Please, please. I, it's, uh, we're we're nearing that that time where we're going to sign off. So yes, we're we're calling for a. Uh, you know, final thoughts or, you know, burning desires. This is a perfect time to deliver that. Okay. Well, in the light of, of having been married twice and uh, legally and two uh, long-term, what you would call common law marriages, okay. I came up with this quote. I've never paid for sex, but I've paid dearly for it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Uh, the, that's a good one. I like Thank that. Thank you. One. Let me find one that, that has some merit here. Oh, here's a good one. <laughs> Why are all these stupid bitches so anti misogyny? <laughs> that's a puzzler there. That's a yeah, puzzler. That's a head scratcher. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I'm not doing. Oh, can I give you? Can I have one more? Sure. sure. Okay. The biggest problem with being pussy whipped is that their pussies are the last thing they whip us with. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, I think I better call it on the quotes. Well, okay. Okay. I, want to, I want to call one more. I remember when MILF used to stand for mentally ill ladies I like to fuck. <laughs> oh, man. That's back in the 50s, man. <laughs> good times, good times, Manny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Cranston, you've been brilliant, and oh Renee, Renee, you're your Renee, and I've been brilliant. Uh, so good night. <laughs> How generous! <laughs> yes, he's quite generous with himself. Uh, yes, Renee, I want to compliment you, man. You, 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 uh, you, you keep Manny in line and keep things rolling, and uh, we're we're keeping each other in line. It's an equilibrium that we've established here. Yeah, I yeah. tell you what, man, I, I'm impressed the way you guys work together, man. Well, um, thank you. Thank you. I hope I'm never involved in this again, but I have really been. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt with one more uh, yeah. thing that I wanted that y'all were talking about before you introduced me. Okay. Which was you were talking about birthdays. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I thought you were going to mention the fact that the song Happy Birthday was written by two school teachers. I don't know what part of the country, back in around. 1901 or something. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And they copyrighted it. And that's why, and it never occurred to me, no movies in the past 70 years, if you went back, like, you know, from like the beginning of movies for about 70 years, any birthday scene, not one time will you ever hear them sing happy birthday because they didn't want to pay the royalties. They didn't want to pay the royalties. That's, how Hollywood, that's Hollywood for you, baby. How cheap can you get? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you on no more presents. Oh, and I did want to say that actually, if it wasn't for my, I mean, my birthday is the only way I get through the year. I'm, I get enough to live on for a year from the birthday <laughs> gifts. You know, Booty LaRue is very generous. 
Oh, that's good. He oh, yeah, good yeah. He's a good guy. He's he comes great. through every year for Yeah, me. yeah. He, he comes straight up you every year, yes. <laughs> yeah, <he does. laughs> I'm, thank God some, some neighbor saw him put me under that gravel and got me out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all got to see Snake and Jake's. My God, it's unbelievable what he's done. Well, maybe we could do a show from Snake and Jake's if Dave would let us. Of course he would. A great idea. You know, I just got oh, my yeah. Snake and Jake's T-shirt uh, in the mail yesterday. You know, I, I oh my god, man, to, to support the bar. You know, we're trying to keep Dave Clements, uh, you know, dive bar uh, uh, empire in in the Clempire, <laughs> if he calls it the uh, Clempire, exactly the Clempire uh, afloat. You know, Circle Bar and Snake and Jake's. I bought T-shirts from both of those. Uh, uh, establishment, so you'll you'll be seeing me with those, and yes, it would be great to do a remote uh, or you know actually an in-person uh, Troubleman podcast from Snake and Jake's. That's a great idea. Oh, that'd be in- incredible! And I should advise both of you to bring your pith helmets because it's like it looks <laughs> like you're going into the jungles of New Guinea or something, man. It, it, it's unbelievable what he's done, nice. man. Lush back there. Okay, that sounds. It's that lush. Sounds, it's really well, lush. He, he's got a lot of time on his hands. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cranston. Thank you very much. You've been fabulous. Hey, and I, I want to. I'm hoping Renee didn't forget to. I wanted him to play my 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 Manny Chevrolet rock song I wrote for you last campaign. We we will uh, use that on the, as the on the outro of this podcast. We'll have excellent. Have, have I'll be honored. Manny Chevrolet uh, 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 campaign uh, jingle and. You know, Cranston, we're going to find that tip jar somewhere. <laughs> hey, man, I'll, every day I'm out there looking, man. <laughs> Good night. And what do we say, Renee? Uh, the Trouble Nation, we like to say, uh, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. <laughs> Good night, fellas. Good night. He's a troubled man for troubled times. He can fix this world, he knows where the trouble hides. You don't call a beginner when the funk hits the fan. Put some truth in the booth, but with all the trouble, man, he's our only prayer. Man is Chevrolet for man. Man is Chevrolet, what we do not need. Just one more party hack With a winning smile And a knife in your back Man, it won't take a nickel From them business clowns They can lick it and stick it While he cleans up this town He's our only prayer Man is Chevrolet for mayor. Man is Chevrolet for mayor. I got my mayor. Man is Chevrolet for mayor. We put the money on him. Man is Chevrolet for mayor. When all else fails. Man is Chevrolet for mayor. Get an expert on failure. Man